Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for being part of it, everybody. Jody Mack hanging with you. Coming live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance their home of their dreams with their help. They can help you, too. That's Rocket Mortgage. Push button, get mortgage. All right, we're going to push the button on a little NBA talk here. Uh, big win last night for the Milwaukee Bucks. Just uh, shut down and almost shut out the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I don't want to talk about them and all things NBA with Matt Moore, NBA writer for the Action Network. Matt, Jody Mack here in New York. How you doing today, bud? Doing well, man. How are you? Good. Uh, Reference the Bucks and Sixers last night. Sixers are such a tough team to get a handle on. They got the best record in the NBA at home. They're well below 500 now, nine and twenty on the road. I understand it's easier to win at home, and uh, for many different reasons. But I can't remember as severe a split as we're seeing now with the 76ers. You got any guess or any any guess or way to explain the uh, Jekyll and Hyde nature of the 76ers? No, and I think. I don't necessarily think it's random. I just think that they're they're not as good of a, a home team. They're not as good of a team as their home record indicates, and they're probably not as bad of one as their road record indicates. They've had a lot of tough games on the road, and and having you know they've caught various teams in bad spots on back to backs at home. Like they they got Denver on a back to back on a long East Coast road trip. The Sixers have kind of been that team that a lot of teams are getting when they go west, and they're like the last stop on that road trip, and those are usually tough games. Um, which is not to say that I don't think the, the Sixers are good. I think they, well, they can be good. They're good at times. Like, they're good enough to, you know, not be a complete disaster. But it just, the chemistry, the vibe of that team has been off all season. There continue to be questions about how do you make this team fit. Al Horford has really struggled anytime he's on the court with Joel Embiid. Embiid, in my opinion, is really the core of all of it. Like, I don't think Embiid has been good enough. And until he starts giving more consistent effort, production, and dominance, especially on the road, the Sixers are going to continue to be a disappointment. You mentioned the fit with the 76ers, and it sure as heck hasn't been perfect. Uh, With the fact that they've changed this three different times now, they built the process, they finally made the playoffs, they got beaten the second round, so they swapped out, they went and got Jimmy Butler, they traded for Tobias Harris, they gave it a shot with that, got knocked out in the second round. Now this year, they see Butler walk out the door, let J.J. Redick go, bring in Horford, bring in Richardson, and it seems to be about the same level of play. 
coach has got to pay for this with his job, right? What is What do the Sixers have to do in the playoffs for Brett Brown to stay on as coach of the Sixers? They probably got to make the Eastern Conference Finals. If you lose to Milwaukee, you lost to one team that is singularly great. You can probably hope that either you know, the Bucks fall off or Giannis leaves or you find a way to, to improve the team enough to keep pace. A lot of it comes down to the roster construction. Um, there's a, a big debate about whether or not Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can work together. Uh, to me, maybe they can, but you need a third guard who can create on his own. That's one of their big problems. They just don't run pick and roll because there's not a lot you can do with it. You can't really run pick and roll with Simmons and Embiid because they'll just drop. Um, and this team, I thought, was going to be better designed around Embiid, and it hasn't been. And a lot of that is the specific way that Tobias Harris plays and, and Josh Richardson plays. But I, I think the biggest problem for them is that they do not have that third creator that makes them dangerous enough. The defense is great. like they're, Defensively, they're awesome. And maybe they'll pay off come playoff time. They still have a lot of upside in the playoffs. But until they get a weapon that can create off the dribble – Shooting-wise, it's going to continue to be an issue no matter how good Simmons and Embiid are. The Bucks, by the way, with the win, get to 48-8. and eight. Let me repeat that. 48-8, and eight, best record in the NBA. Why do I still feel they're underrated? I don't think people still really believe that they're going to win the title for a number of reasons. Uh, one, we saw what happened last year when teams decided to just shut down Giannis and make the other shooters beat them, and they couldn't. Meanwhile, Fred Van Vliet like, took over that series and won it. Then you've got the fact that the Lakers and Clippers are involved and everyone looks at Kawhi and says, well, he's the best player in basketball, or the Lakers have LeBron. Like, the narrative doesn't really fit the Bucks. But, I mean, they've done everything that we could ask of them in the regular season, but they did that last year, too, until they get there. Like, if, if they win the title, the entire conversation changes. It becomes like, how do you possibly stop this team? Like, how, you know, how do you stop this team? They just ran through the regular season and won the title. But until they do that, people are going to be skeptical because they don't believe in Giannis because he doesn't have a consistent three-point shot, and they don't believe in the supporting players because they play in Milwaukee. And until they win it, people are still going to be skeptical. Yeah, and Chris Middleton at the end of the year can tell the world I tried to tell you so because I do think they are a legitimate team to uh, win the championship has Giannis already put the MVP in his back pocket, or does LeBron still have a shot? No, it's done. Uh, it's been done a while. Uh, the problem is just, look, Gian, if Giannis didn't have the numbers, it'd be one thing, but he's averaging 30 points in 30 minutes, uh, along with double-digit rebounds, along with six assists. Like The numbers are absolutely absurd, and he's only playing 30 minutes a game. And the voters are smart enough to be able to realize like he's absolutely dominating teams and doesn't have to play fourth quarters. Um, there's the production, and then there's the winning. And winning usually trumps most things. When you have the best team in the league, when you are the driving force for the best team in the league, and you do not have two Hall of Famers next to you like Steph Curry or Kevin Durant have had the last couple of years, that's going to make it pretty easy. The Lakers needed to win you know, 70-plus and get the one seed in order for LeBron to have a real shot. He hasn't. Luka Doncic has fallen off. There's just nobody that can make a real run at him at this point. I think his lead is too great. Matt Moore, the Action Network, talking NBA with us here on CBS Sports Radio. I'd hit on a couple other teams. I admire what Houston is doing because it's outside the box, but I'm not sure it's going to work. The small ball lineup they've been going with, they reconstructed their team at the trade deadline to attack other teams differently. Does it play better or worse come postseason time, in your opinion? 
So a notable thing here, they're now 9-1 and one since making that trade outside of the Suns game, which was on a back-to-back without Westbrook uh, since making that trade. They're winning games. And the one loss was because Bojan Bogdanovic hit nearly a half-court heave at the buzzer. Um, they've beaten the Lakers. They beat the Jazz last night. The, this is working. I think the, the issue you have to ask yourself is, when playoff time comes, who is going to be able to punish their small ball approach? Like, who has the guys to really punish it defensively? Because, like, they're really good defensively with their, their wings basically playing linebacker and helping aggressively and then recovering to the corner. Who has a guy that can either punish that mismatch or the shooters to consistently punish them for helping down? Now, the Clippers can. Uh, the Lakers can with Anthony Davis. And I think the Denver Nuggets can with Nikola Jokic. But everybody else, no shot. Um, if they get upset, it's going to be because they, their shooters went cold, which has been a problem when you shoot the volume of threes that they do. Uh, and Westbrook has issues because of how teams will scheme him in the playoffs. But even then, the way that they're playing now makes it really hard to scheme against Westbrook. If you don't pay attention to Harden, Westbrook punishes you. If you pay attention to Westbrook, you're putting Harden on an island. They've enabled both of those guys. I think it's going to be successful. I think it gives them a better chance. I do worry a little bit about the Denver Nuggets matchup. If you lose the Lakers or Clippers, good teams, you can live with it, and they want to win the title, but you know it gets them closer. The Nuggets, are, I think, are the one that's concerning because Nikola Jokic is one guy who will absolutely punish that, mis- that mismatch in a way that Rudy Gobert cannot. We'll see how that one shakes out come playoff matchup time. All right, a couple other things I wanted to hit on. Steph Curry says he's going to be back before the end of the week, that uh, that was the target date all along March 1st, and it's coming up quickly. I've always half doubted that that was going to be the case. There was absolutely nothing to play for other than getting some games in with a little bit of a, a new mix, including Andrew Wiggins. Is it worth Golden State and Steph doing this? I don't know if there's real danger to it. I don't think that there's real risk for it. Because like, if he suffers a major injury, he could have suffered that at any point anyway. He already suffered an injury and has been out since then. So like, there's a number of ways that this could go sideways, but you can't control for all of that. If he wants to play and he's not an injury, a risk of injury recurrence, which he's apparently not, uh, given that he's going to come back, it's up to him. And if he wanted to sit out, I don't think the Warriors would object if he was like, ah, I'm good to last you know, two months of play, uh, but he wants to play. I think there's, there's something to admire about the fact that a guy takes his job seriously, wants to go out there, wants to get time with his new teammates, and wants to try and, and show the promise of what they're going to be next year. You start building towards what you're going to be next year. If nothing else, you know, maybe it makes Draymond Green a little bit less crazy, and that's enough to really help long-term with the chemistry of the group and building towards whatever it is that they're going to get out of Andrew Wiggins. And that's the next question I have. I know no Clay Thompson, but Curry back, playing with Draymond, they're getting a chance to see how Andrew Wiggins fits into their system. No, but there's been some speculation that his stay in Golden State could be short-term, that they'd look to package him with draft picks, that they're going to have a plenty in the first round to try and get someone else uh, to run with Clay and with Steph. Uh, I think Wiggins is still a talent. I've been a fan ever since he came into the NBA. He hasn't lived up to my expectations, but nor have I given up on him completely yet. Is he a warrior for the long term? I don't think so. I think that he'll probably, like, they'll find the same thing that they, that other teams, like the Wolves, found, which is he's a net negative. Um, you know, he doesn't make your offense better. He doesn't make your defense better. He doesn't help you. He doesn't make anybody else better, and he's not spectacular individually. 
they're banking on a lot with him in terms of, of defense. They're like, he can be a really great defender. I don't know about that. I think uh, he's proven consistently he loses guys off ball. He has problems with this, with schematic, you know, discipline, driving guys to the right spots. You know, some of that was the problems with Carl Anthony Towns, and those two just had bad defensive chemistry together. Um, but I don't personally think that Wiggins is going to be able to be the kind of plus player. The Warriors play well with guys who make everybody better, and Wiggins has never been that. I think eventually he gets packaged with some picks uh, to pick up somebody else down the line. Fair enough. Uh, last thing on uh, play- looking forward to the playoffs. Can Damon Lillard basically throw the entire Portland Trails Blazer team on his back and do enough to get them uh, back to the postseason? He can come close. He can get them within range. It's going to come down to a handful of shots, I think. Um, you know, they've got the 25th ranked strength of schedule from here on out. Memphis has the number one strength of schedule from here on out. So there's an opportunity there. The problem is the Pelicans, who are absolutely dominating and playing great right now. They've got Zion back, obviously, and they have the easiest schedule in the league going forward. Um, Dame's shown that he can put the team on his back, but they're just, they have gotten so many outlier performances from guys like Gary Trent Jr. and Trevor Ariza and even Carmelo Anthony just to get to this point where they're still under 500. I don't have a lot of faith that they're going to be able to keep pace. Um, I think eventually the roster limitations are going to be tough. This, this stretch without Lillard is going to be tough. Um, I think the bar is probably a little too high. I like the Pelicans and the Grizzlies' chances a little bit better for the playoffs. And last thing, if the Western Conference Finals comes down to L.A. versus L.A., all games at the Staples Center, what most people predicted and have been looking forward to seeing, will a interesting side story to the, that uh, matchup be Morris on Morris crime? <laughs> it's, you know what? It'll be really kind of funny because they're both going to probably get ejected in that series for starting fights. <laughs> but the question, like, I don't think it'll be with each other, and it'll be interesting to see what the what they do to each other. Like, do they support their brother or do they help out their teammates? Like, if, those two are definitely going to pick up a huge number of texts and flagrants, et cetera, throughout the course of the playoffs. If those two meet, yeah, there's there's going to be one or the other. If I if I can take a wager on one of the Morrises will be suspended a game. I would definitely take it. Understood. And uh, th- as soon as I found out Mark Keefe was going to be be bought out, I was going, oh, he's got to go to the Lakers. It's got to be Lakers. It's got to be Morris against Mark when come uh, conference final time. Great stuff. Appreciate you coming on. Read Matt Moore on the Action Network. Appreciate your insight today. Matt, we'll talk down the road. Thanks, man. Take care. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 